The thing about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words, the Name Your Price tool, to tell you that our humpback whale pup gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat. The Name Your Price tool. <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini, and you're listening to Gender Question. Here, we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. Okay, so welcome to the gender question, Sai. Uh, Sai Borutu, of course, has worked on a very important uh, report by the CHRI, which is called Lost Identity, Transgender Persons in Indian Prisons. Sai, you've done a lot of research for this particular report. I'd like to start by talking to you a little bit about the methodology. So as the name of this report suggests, you are specifically looking at transgender persons within Indian prisons. Could you tell us a little bit about the uh, method in which you went around to uh, understand the situation of Indian of transgender prisoners in Indian prisons? Uh, did you go across the entire country? Was that the mandate that you had? And also, what exactly were you trying to understand about the situation for trans prisoners? All right. Thank you so much, Dhamini. Uh, a little bit of context as to what the report entailed. The lead authors of the report are obviously Arijit Ghosh, who's presently a lecturer at OP Jindal Global University, and Madhrima Dhanuka, who's an employee at uh, Commonwealth Human Rights Initiative. Uh, she's the program head of the Prison Reforms Program, where I work as a project officer. Uh, my role in the study has been mostly for research and inputs. And uh, the methodology of the study, I will get right into it, was to file uh, right-to-information applications across all prison departments and seek basic data on the existence of trans people in Indian prisons. We wanted this to be a conversation starter. We wanted it to be an acknowledgement of the fact that Indian prisons do house trans people, while at the same time there exists a complete anonymity of trans people in policy. Okay. Right? So uh, the very fact that there are a few populations that are left behind uh, was the purpose of the report. Now, the RTI applications were filed to all states and union territories. And out of those, we received responses from 34, uh, 28 states and six union territories. The right to information applications basically focused on uh, a few major data points. One of them was the total number of transgender populations that are housed inside the prisons from uh, 1st April 2018 to 30th May 2019. Okay. Right? And the second data point that we sought was basically the existence of any law, policy, or whatever procedures or protocols are in place presently for the segregation of trans people into male and female prisons. Uh, given the fact that uh, the mandate presently is only uh, in most prison manuals of male and female prisons, we wanted to find out where exactly is it that trans people are housed uh, in this kind of a context. And we also wanted to find out if any of the states have taken initiatives, such as Kerala, has uh, two established separate wings of wards that housed trans people uh, separately. Uh, 
going forward, we saw two more data points. Uh, one of them was on the training of prison officials and staff regarding issues of transgender personnel. And the last was uh, regarding the recruitment of trans people, uh, which should be the next logical step uh, to NALSA versus union, uh, union judgment, uh, which gave legal recognition to transgender persons and also the Transgender Persons Act in 2019, uh, which gave legal recognition to transgender persons. However, yeah, so the, the data that was received, we'll talk about soon. Yeah, yeah, no, so let's jump right into it. So you sought data basically through RTIs by reaching out to the police headquarters and uh, specific jails as well, I believe, or they perhaps forwarded it to the specific jails within their jurisdictions uh, across all 38 states. You got responses back from 34, right? And uh, what you, and if you were to distill it further, uh, what you did find was that within that time period that you mentioned, uh, which is April 2018 to May 2019, there were 214 trans persons who were lodged in Indian prisons. That was the data that you were able to glean, right? And, uh, um, and of course, there was a state-wise breakup as well. What is interesting to me about this report, of course, is uh, what this indicates also is an erasure of uh, trans persons, right? Now, um, later on, of course, in this conversation, we can also talk about how that erasure actually may maybe a place where uh, maybe a place of safety right but we will come to that later at this point in time there is clearly an erasure as your report indicates uh, on account of the state not recognizing the existence of trans persons okay what were some of the key findings of yours with respect to this data what were the gleams um, what did you gleam out of the data uh, that you received yes um yeah, so there are 214 trans people as per records, uh, which gave us, uh, which were responded to us by the RTIs, by prison headquarters and individual jails as well, wherever they were forwarded to them. Yeah. Um, however, I would also like to point out over here that uh, there are two uh, backgrounds to the understanding of transgender or the term transgender, which have largely been uh, confused in the Indian context. One is the confusion that has been created both by policy and law between transgender and intersex persons, right, or persons with intersex variations. Uh, and secondly, we also have a confusion uh, in trying to understand transgender out of socio-religious and uh, socio-religious communities that have existed uh, in India for a long time. Uh, these include the Hijrava, Aravani, Chogata, Chogappa communities, and many more, uh, which I'll not name here. But, uh, so, so that being one, and what you're saying is that, 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 that the understanding by the, the police headquarters when in responding to your RTIs itself was limited in terms of what transgender means. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That it could not, it did not perhaps incorporate everything that the umbrella term actually indicates. Okay. Yeah. Right. And also like over here, we, it, it becomes very important for us to make a distinction between uh, pre-operative and post-operative trans persons. And the reason why I'm making this distinction even is uh, because that kind of placement that happens in prisons happens firstly on the basis of the court warrant, which mm. dictates that the person be sent to jail, right? Uh, the court warrant, whatever gender the court warrant mentions, whatever the name the court warrant mentions, which is usually on the basis of the documentation the person has, is what is uh, assumed to be true unless proven otherwise to right. a large extent. Right. And the medical officers 
who are uh, employees of the prison departments obviously are the ones who conduct a thorough medical examination of right. every inmate who is to be admitted into a prison and on the basis of the examination of a person's genitals is uh, how trans people are segregated into or recorded into uh, data now given the complexity of gender affirmative surgeries and given the complexities of what they might entail or what stage they might be at there are a lot of trans people who might have gotten left behind uh, similarly as you also said there, there might be a lot of trans people who might not want to identify in front of a state where they do not have proper legal recognition uh, and basically put themselves at peril yeah exactly protections within the prison system that can guarantee their safety so therefore not wanting to identify in that right but at the same time some people as i already mentioned might not have the option because of right. gender affirmative surgeries and might be very clearly visible and out there uh, so right. that that again is another right. point in fact Now, your launch event uh, in your launch event uh, bitu kondaya who was one of the speakers who's a professor um, at ashoka university actually talked about their own experience incarceration experience and actually uh, and, and made a very interesting point uh, which said that actually you cannot uh, you cannot assume that every uh, trans person's experience of incarceration is the same right and yes. i think that that's a very interesting point that they made can i just add one point to your to, to just to clarify something that you had said so you were talking about how search and uh, physical examination right and it's an interesting word search it's almost as if you're going to find something it's as if there's an effort to find something right but this physical examination that is part of the procedure after the history ticket has been uh, issued a person is getting into the prison system is over and above the recording of gender on the history ticket the physical examination uh, is to be conducted by the medical officer and was initially meant as a check and balance to make sure uh, that the inmate or the person who is going to be imprisoned uh, the health record of the person and the medical complications of the person and basic uh, details of identification in terms of birthmarks uh, medical histories in terms of operations etc were recorded now that being the purpose of it apart from the fact that any any items that are prohibited to be yeah. uh, admitted into prisons were not admitted uh, by mistake was another reason why uh, such examinations are conducted and this is something that is genetically applied to all inmates Irrespective. irrespective of gender okay. however the vulnerability that comes over here would be that uh, there are specific provisions to uh, mitigate any possibilities of an abuse of power by the person who is uh, seeking such vulnerability from any inmate right and usually the one thing that has been addressed over here is gendered violence right so in that context obviously one of the ways in which that has been mitigated through various different provisions of our law has been to make sure that there is a certain amount of segregation uh, when it comes to uh, which personnel get to inspect which inmate right uh, whether that is the ideal way to go forward and whether segregation uh, is the solution to the problem of violation of rights or uh, the kind of humiliation that is faced through stripping a person and the dehumanization of the process uh, is obviously beyond the purview of uh, my understanding to start with and also the report for sure sure does this search actually become then 
a question of uh, classification of the person based on their genitalia and your report also raises that particular issue and you know i mean this has been a long standing you know issue also something that has been raised by the trans community uh, several times in fact it was one of the big things of the nalsa judgment where where it said that uh, in, i believe the nalsa judgment called it uh, immoral uh for a state to ask a trans person to prove uh their identity but to actually base uh, uh you know a recognition of a trans person's identity on self identification right that is what the nalsa judgment said i think it becomes more relevant the identification of genitalia with gender becomes of relevance and importance when it comes to trans people who are being incarcerated which otherwise is a, a pretty standard uh, way of taking things forward in in the sense that it becomes a particular questions for enquiry because of trans people existing in that sphere where there is no recognition right yeah. one thing that i would like to place over here very clearly is that the determination of a person's gender is unnecessary mm. right mm. alsa the the whole concept of self determination of gender identity basically means that the determination of gender can happen only and only through a singular question and that is what gender do you identify as sure right and that is basically all it should take and that is why we have stressed throughout the report the importance and the relevance of uh, self determination of gender identity uh in the recommendations you will find that whenever we are trying to address this issue of search procedures and uh, search procedures we have very specifically mentioned that a transgender certificate as associated with the transgender persons protection of rights act 2019 should be mediated the process of uh, acquiring the certificate should be mediated if requested by the person concerned okay right so if a person identifies as transgender in front of uh, the medical officers or the personnel uh, then a process could be initiated where they are able to officially register themselves with the district magistrate under the provisions of the act uh, to identify as transgender but however we have also again stressed over here that the transgender persons protection of rights act is presently subjudice uh, with a petition uh, challenging the provisions in the same having been admitted in the supreme court right uh, actually there are multiple petitions there are three petitions that i am presently aware of that have been filed by trans people uh, separately challenging various different provisions of the act so uh, given that it be subject to change depending on what the court decrees but um, yeah right to self determination is key and central to talking about uh, search procedures and self determination of gender identity is necessary for admission of trans people into prisons or segregation of trans people into gendered prisons and thirdly yes it obviously plays a very huge role in uh, determining the experience of a trans person inside prisons and i would like to elaborate over here with a few uh, yeah. findings that we have from the report and those are in the data point that we asked people asked the prison headquarters and jails to respond what is the process of segregation that they have for uh, people based on gender uh, the, the one of the responses that was very common was that they transgender persons were admitted into either jail depending on their genitalia and at the same time if the transgender person uh, is even admitted into a separate jail they were kept in isolation i see in case if they were uh, not able to either 
hide their identity or were too visibly out or were at threat from other inmates or prison officials and basically is a protective measure but however we need to very clearly uh, take a stand against solitary isolation as a inhuman practice uh, and as a practice that has to be condemned right your report talks about it also provides certain possibilities that the prison system could you know undertake certain solutions that could come up could you walk us a little bit through this and also tell me a little bit about do you think that actually creating data which is one of your big asks you've asked the ncrb for instance to uh, or recommended that the ncrb actually collect data on transgender persons do you think that uh, in the absence of an infrastructure that protects trans persons uh, seeking state mandated classification and data classification of trans persons do you think that that is actually something that might um might might cause more harm than uh be beneficial or or in fact i would actually also really like to understand your context in which this particular report you know has come about the need for this data according to you yeah. um so i i'll actually start with just directly answering your question and uh, trying to sum it up As, Sorry, as, as big question. Big, yeah, yeah, it's a very, very big <laughs> very question. Very large. Uh, <laughs> please, but, please, please. Uh, yeah, <laughs> break it up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, to start with, uh, whether government-mandated data is is going to benefit uh, or be a bane, to put it in very simple words, to the trans community and to the protection of rights of transgender persons who are incarcerated or in prisons. Yeah. Um is a is a very tough question to answer to start with. Uh, firstly, however, I would like to start with stating that irrespective of there being a norm for recording data of transgender persons separately 214 transgender persons on record exist in Indian prisons. Sure. Right? So, uh the fact is that they are recording data of transgender persons without our ask. Okay. what we are asking for is an accountable way of reco- recording this data based on self determination of gender identity okay right right now the way in which uh, we we are assuming that given the responses that have been uh, given to us uh, regarding the segregation of transgender persons based on genitalia being the primary criteria we're assuming that most of the 214 transgender persons who have been who have been recorded are people who might be post operative right mm-hmm. or who might not pass in the same way that many people might yeah right another point that i would like to bring forth from the report itself is uh, a reason that we have suggested why we are not looking at lesbian gay bisexual uh, or msm uh, identities men who have sex with men or women who have sex sex with women etc which might be a, a sexual act but might not necessarily translate into an identity for a lot of people and that is something that we also respect uh, mm-hmm. in incarcerated context mm-hmm. or otherwise uh, but the reason why we did not want uh, to look at those communities presently was because there is no legal mandate to record the identity of a person's sexual orientation no matter what Sure. However, that does not stand true for trans people. Hmm. There are multiple legal mandates for the legal recognition of trans people as a separate gender. 
gender recognition of people has been a basic tenet of all demographic details when it comes to approximately every single government identification document or non government identification or document so in that case escaping from self identifying as a gender is almost impossible in today's world and time we have created gender as one of the basic demographic details and hence i i feel like there is very little escape from trying to identify with the gender so you either go there and you uh, misgender yourself in official documentation being a trans person or you affirm yourself by stating your transgender identity and both of which make you vulnerable if if let us say uh, i was to be wearing a sari uh, and walking through a metro which has happened to me multiple times but mm-hmm. just the example as to wearing a sari with a male uh, id proof uh, walking into a metro station and somebody just asks me where is your id proof mm-hmm. right and i say here and they are like go through the mail line mm mm-hmm. right then there is no question over there of uh, talking about now the people who are not out uh, that is a struggle in itself but the one way in which we can talk about people who are not out is to create a generic atmosphere of inclusivity a generic atmosphere of trans positive and affirmative policies right while at the same time giving people the right to not necessarily disclose their identity and navigate and negotiate their own safety according to what they perceive is the best option for them to take forward sure uh, and hence self determination again in the prison context becomes key which we have focused on multiple times now going forward uh, one point that i would like to stress upon uh, following up from what you just said about the historical context yeah of trans people the reason why this data is necessary is because trans people have been largely either governed regulated or institutionalized and that has been the only way in which trans people have been interacted with as citizens as individuals as communities taking that into context we realized that a number of different laws existed to criminalize trans people in various different ways and with that kind of a history in colonial india to a complete absence for almost 70 to 75 80 years of independence yeah. uh, actually i think makes enough point that a certain amount of data is necessary for us to even hold accountable sure. uh, people who are uh, okay in positions of power so apart from data what else has your report and also what do you recommend for creating an infrastructure you talked about a trans friendly environment what would that look like in policy within say the prison system yeah so uh, we are seeing a various few different models that are being adopted throughout india mm. but at the same time there are also a number of different international models which exist for creating trans friendly or mm. trans inclusive atmospheres because we are trying to answer questions wherever we try to answer questions in the absence of the primary stakeholder or the community we always come back with incomplete answers or incomplete policies uh, somebody gets left behind and but the one of the major overarching principles to be able to uh, understand this context and for any policy makers is that uh, trans communities be kept at the center of policy framing and trans voices be centered in trying to understand experiences of trans people 
going ahead, uh, the policy initiatives that we have been recommending is to create to a certain extent or incorporate or mainstream trans people into every aspect of policy wherever it is gender. Now, there are model prison manuals that are uh, released by uh, the central government and BBRD, and there are also uh, Prison Statistics India, which carry data for transgender persons and which also record and uh, depict trends uh, regarding increase of populations, decrease of populations, how many gendered breakdowns of how many under trials versus convicts, how many people on remand, and uh, how many people access uh, legal aid, for example. So all this data becomes very necessary to point out that there exist these many people who are trans in prisons, and these many people do not have legal aid, these many people are under trials, these many people are convicts, and that just helps us assess the entire uh, uh, institution of justice and talk about access to justice for transgender people specifically. And uh, I think th that has been a key uh, policy-based uh, recommendation that we have given up in the report. And okay. the, the second uh, aspect which you have focused on is protecting rights of transgender persons. And in the protection of rights of transgender persons, we are talking about compliance uh, with to a certain extent, the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act, where they uh, mandate a complaints officer to be designated in every institution. So we requested, we, we suggested that uh, a, the prison departments should have complaint officers at each prison and at the prison headquarters for the same. And we have also suggested for awareness programs among prisoners uh, on the rights of transgender persons and on gender and sexual orientation generally, and also for prison officials uh, to talk about the specific roles and responsibilities that prison officials might have in protecting the rights of transgender persons and in making sure that non-discrimination, uh, that non-violence uh, are principles, uh, guiding principles uh, when it comes to uh, looking at transgender persons in any prisons. So this is this is actually, you know, I think to sum this up, what you had said earlier, it's the perfect conclusion actually to this wonderful conversation, Sai, which is that we tend to forget that prisoners are citizens. And to think of prisoners as citizens, what is required? To think of vulnerable populations within the prison system, what is required? And I think that uh, this report is definitely like one of the first steps to you know, achieving that. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much for coming to The Gender Question. Have a good day, Sai. Yeah, you too, Damini. Take care. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the rate Damini on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HT Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.